Okay, so turn in your Bibles um, with me to, we're going to read a couple um, chapters of Scripture. And basically what I feel like the Lord um, has on my heart tonight is really connected to this idea of um, as you watch that prophetic word that was spoken over us as a house so many years ago and now standing in the middle of that thing coming to pass. And um, I really want to just talk about a key that I feel like the Lord has revealed to us in what it looks like to stand um, on a promise of God and stand for a promise of God. Um, and that is the idea of remaining in love. I feel like the Lord talked to me about this idea um, of what it looks like to remain in love and how that plays such a huge part in contending for the the prophecy or, or the words of destiny, um, the dreams that God has placed on the inside of each one of our hearts. And so we all know that we're supposed to walk in love. Raise your hand if you've never heard that before. You're supposed to walk in love. Walking in love is in the Bible. You've heard it, not you've mastered it. We've all heard that before, that God desires for each of us to walk in love. And it, it, it can be, in the natural, one of the most challenging things to do. Um, over the past couple of months, I have gotten involved in social media that happens here at church and, and as far as music is concerned. And I feel like social media, I'm a super sensitive person, especially super sensitive about my mom and dad and this church building. So like you mess with them, you mess with me and trust me, you don't want to do that. Okay. And I feel like I'm being exposed to this whole world of people where um, cyberbullying and people just fighting and nasty things being said. And that's, that's just the way our generation goes. It's just the way it goes. So I heard that there is a website, actually, that people put pictures of themselves up on this website or other people put pictures of you on this website just so that people can make fun of you. It's called Roast. Where's Aaron Asun? Is that right? Some, is that right? Don't look at it. Aaron Asun, is that, is that right? Is that is what it's called? He said it's so funny. No shame, no shame. I was going to say shame on you, but we don't say that. Okay. Just so that people feel like they have the right to go and say negative things about you. Tim McMorris, wherever he is, I love you. But people write nasty things about me all the time, and Tim always filters them. And every so often he'll say, we've been getting some hater mail directed towards me, and he makes sure as a good brother that I never see it because of the damage it could potentially do to me. But People in our generation and in this world today, they just feel like it's their right with freedom of speech to be able to say what they want to say. And yes, is that detrimental to them as a person? You better believe it. When you sow those seeds, they're going to come back at you. You reap what you sow, okay? But that's not what we're talking tonight. What I want to talk to you tonight is this aspect of when you're contending for a promise of God, one of the most important keys is to keep your heart soft. And how do you do that? You remain in love. Okay? Um, in your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 13, verse 7. Okay? This is a part of Scripture that you probably all know. It is um, in the story of Abraham. And as you know, God called Abraham to basically take a journey away from his family and to leave where he was and go to this land or this city, God said that God was going to prepare. Along the way, 
obviously because Abraham, um, he gave his tithes to Melchizedek. Melchizedek blessed him. And Abraham was so amazingly blessed everywhere he went that every, even in drought and in all these different things, their, their possessions were being multiplied. Okay? And so Genesis 13, verse 7 um, with a- and then and also we know that Abraham he brought Lot with him that was his nephew and a- both Abraham and Lot Lot because he was with Abraham were growing in possessions and so in verse seven it says and there was what does your Bible say someone say it what there was quarreling or strife okay there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At the time of the Canaanites and the Perizzites, they were dwelling in the land. And then how did Abraham respond? This is so important, okay? There is division between the camps. The blessing that is happening in Lot's life is coming because of his connection to Abraham. And now there's quarreling between the two. Abraham has an opportunity to respond, okay? And what does Abraham do? In verse 8, it says, Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be, what does he say? No strife between you and me, or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen, or we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me, he says. And then what does he do? He gives Lot the opportunity to choose what he thinks is best. Not only, okay, does he make the decision to not walk in strife, but he chooses to bless Lot. And so he says to Lot, separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and Lot saw what the better place that he thought. He saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere. Keep going. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. Okay. Um, This was before Lot destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot couldn't see all the details of the land, but he saw what he thought looked like the garden of Eden. So Lot chose for himself all of the Jordan Valley and he journeyed over there. And now look at how amazing this is. Okay. As soon as Lot leaves and settles among this new city, what happens in verse 14? Then because of this, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, he said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward, eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. And I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise and walk through the length and the breadth of this land, for I have given it all to you. How amazing is that? Lot, uh, Abraham is standing in the midst of this thing of division. And he's in walking towards this land or this promise that God has. What happens? Division and strife happens. Division and strife always comes to try and steal the promise that God has for your life. Okay? Always. The enemy's intention with division and strife is to come in and steal what God has promised to give you. Abraham, sti- Abraham sees this strife. 
He chooses not to engage in it, but not only not to engage, he chooses for his response to be to bless Lot. And because he blesses Lot, God turns around and blesses Abraham in return. And we see from this that Lot went then to Sodom and Gomorrah, and there was destruction in that. But Abraham continued to go from glory to glory to glory in the blessing of the Lord. Amen? Isn't that so good? Okay. Are you guys with me tonight? Okay. Don't make me yell because I have. Okay, good. Hallelujah. Look to one more um, passage of scripture, and then we're just going to talk a little bit about what I feel like the Lord has, and then I'm going to pray for you. In John 10 and verse 18. Okay, now this is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, in this passage of scripture, he is revealing who he is, talking about himself as the good shepherd. But for the chapters before, he has been in the midst of the Jews trying to take him down. Okay? And then Jesus begins to talk about himself and this place of love as the good shepherd that he has remained in towards the people. Okay? And what does he say? In verse 18, he says, oh, let's go to verse 17. So he says, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. For this charge I have received from my father. So Jesus is talking about the enemy's desire, the Jewish people's desire to take him down. And he reminds himself and all of the people that there is nothing the people can do to him because this is Jesus's desire to lay down himself for the sake of love. Okay, so are you with me? Okay, so what do these two things have to do with this idea of walking in the prophetic word that God has or the prophecy or the destiny that he has? I felt like this is what the Lord said to me today. He said, a decision to remain in my love is a decision to remain connected to my goodness. And when you are connected to my goodness, you will know that a gift freely received must be given away. You got that? A decision to remain in my love is a decision to remain connected to my goodness. And a gift freely received must be given away. Okay? When you remain in this place of connection, in closeness, in intimacy with the Father... Instead of your eyes being on your circumstances, being on people, being on obstacles, being on the quarrels that are around us, we keep ourselves connected towards the Father. And when we're connected to him, what do we see? We see his goodness. And when we see how good he is towards us, even in our failures and in our weaknesses, we, uh, we see how much he desires to be good to the people that are in the circumstances and the situations that are less than perfect around us, okay? That does one major thing for us. It keeps our hearts soft, okay? 
How many of you have ever stood for any length of time on a word that God has spoken over you? Okay, everybody can raise their hand. Raise your hand, don't be shy. Now Sandy's like nervous. Do I raise it? Do I not? Last time I was wrong. Okay. Praise the Lord. I felt like what God said is that an enemy to understanding God's goodness is a fear of failing. When we get off track where the goodness of God is concerned and we begin to have our eyes on ourselves, our eyes on people, our eyes on circumstances, failure in all capacities, okay, becomes a mountain of obstacle. When our eyes are on the Father and on his goodness towards us and then our goodness towards people, our life becomes consumed with loving people. And then the prophetic words or the dreams of God that we're carrying, they become all about people. They become all about people. So I'm going to give that a little bit of your story for a second. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay. You don't know what I'm going to say. So, um... I felt like as I was spending time with the Lord on this today that God was showing me Mike's story. And so for those of you who don't know, um, Mike wanted to be a rock star for his whole entire life. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) He wanted to be a rock star. And through the ups and downs and the woes of uh, life of music, um, that road got shifted into a lot of different places. He used to play like in all these different bands, and you could actually go look him up online. His friends never let the drawback. That was the name of his band, Days Like Die, because he was famous in uh, Amherst or something like that back, back in the day. And I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about this because when, when he got saved, he went through a period of time where the Lord told him to lay down his guitar. And although music was this huge dream inside of his heart, failure in all of these different aspects had crept in and tried to steal the dream. Then in laying down his guitar, what happened? By a connection and a reconnection to the love and the intimacy and the goodness of God, when his guitar at first was a desire to be famous, a desire to be significant, all of those things. Now, because of the love of God, his desire, be, uh, his guitar became a vehicle of worship to God. God redeemed this gift inside of him, and this gift became all about the goodness of God being expressed in this capacity. Now, because this was all about the goodness of God being expressed, first of all, to him, and then through worship to other people, when that was the sole goal, okay, the the complete goal was for people to experience the goodness of God. Now, God can come along and bring promotion because for him, it's not about the stage and longer. Okay, are you following me? For so many of us, when God deposits a dream on the inside of our heart, it's all about us. It's all about significance. It's all about money. It's all about achieving something. And God knows down that road is pitfalls at every turn. When you have a desire at first, when you first get saved and you watch people uh, lay hands on people and they get healed, that's a God dream that he has inside of your heart. But until God can redeem that thing through a connection to his goodness, there is a whole bunch of pitfalls around that dream. Like you lay hands on people and they don't get healed. 
right? You lay hands on them and they don't get healed. People make fun of you. Your heart gets hard towards people because you lay hands on somebody at the altar and they weren't receiving this amazing prophetic word that you had for them. And, and everything is about you and you being satisfied inside of this dream that you're carrying. As that thing is laid down and then reborn through the goodness of God, everything inside of us again just becomes our desire to love people. And when things are reborn through this desire for us to receive the goodness of God and then people through us to receive the goodness of God, there is no such thing as failure. When we were away over the weekend and we were in this tent where there's like tons of people jumping around, all I could think about in my head was how much I loved this church. Seriously. All weekend. Like, it was really great, but it was great because we all went together and, like, we're great because we love each other. And, like, and all I could think about was, like, how privileged we are to have this thing together. Sometimes when you lay down this dream or when you, we lay down these dreams that we're carrying and God inside of us allows these things to once again come alive for the love of people. You can have the manifestation of those things, but they don't have you. The other way is that we try to scratch and scrape and make these things happen. And what happens 99% of the time is that our heart grows cold towards God and towards people. So we may achieve the thing that we set out to achieve, but we aren't close to God and no, we no longer love people. And that's never the purpose of God's dreams in us anyway. Why could Jesus say such a powerful statement like he could lay down his life, even his life, for the cause? He wasn't looking at people as though they were taking or stealing anything from him. What was he reminding himself? Even to death, he was reminding himself that he would lay it all down for the person that was standing in front of him, whether they loved him or they received him or not, because of his connection to the Father, because he had tasted this amazing goodness, this amazing love of Father God, the dream that was within Jesus' heart was never to preach to thousands of people. It was never to be famous. In fact, when Jesus would heal somebody, this is amazing, he would tell people, don't tell anybody. Come on, if that was you and you fed 10,000 people, you'd be like, tell everybody you know, you know? Jesus was like, don't tell anybody because his desire was never to be famous. His desire was never to have acclamations on himself. Jesus had tasted the goodness of God and the dream really that he held within his heart was to be able to give that same goodness, that same love away to other people. I feel like as we're in this place where God is launching this ministry out into brand new things again. There is hope that can come alive in your heart where your dreams are concerned, but let it happen through the right vein. When we talk about Light City music and what does that mean, is this about a band that's going to go out and play music in other places? Heck no, okay? This is about God opening up an avenue for this church to love people all across the world. Think about that. On our social media, through these songs, we have the opportunity to love 4,000 people we may have never before been able to touch. 
That is about us as a body grabbing a hold again to this dream and to this purpose of God that maybe inside of your heart it's grown hard or maybe even we're going to pray into that. But even that idea of love towards people, sometimes when you're walking things out and along the journey, you can get hurt and you can get wounded by people and people can say nasty stuff and we carry those scars and all the enemy's trying to do inside of that is to limit our ability to give the goodness of God away. In the writing of this record, are you guys good? Are you with me? Okay. In the writing of this record, um, and then I maybe want to say two more things, and then um, I'm going to just pray over a couple things. Um, some of you who were close to me at the time, especially like the third year, or whatever the hey you guys are called now, Emma called you alumni, which I absolutely hate that. <laughs> alumni? The third year students who will forever be third years. I know, whatever. They graduated, but I haven't let it go yet. Um, they walked, fourth year, Tori. <coughs> um, they walked through the season of the writing of the record um, with me. And really what had happened inside of my own heart was I had gone through a super trying time. And um, really, 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 really trying time. And I never felt in my whole entire life like my Christianity was ever tested. Um, I never felt like I had questioned things about especially the goodness of God ever before in my life. And it was like when I got married, a demonic thing literally hit my life. Okay? It was nothing to do with Mike, though. <laughs> that man you gave me. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Mike was like a solid rock through the whole process. I was like literally a mess continually. Um, but that's why we're a good team. Okay. But when I got married, this it was literally like this demonic thing hit me. Okay. And I began for the first time in my life to question the goodness of God. To question whether or not God actually wanted good things for me. Whether or not I could stand and, and stake my life on a promise of God. And know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was going to come through. That he wasn't going to fail me. And um, every day uh, during this period of time I was living in um, our first house. And um, I remember like uh, literally almost every single day my, Mike would go to work and I would be like hysterically crying every day when Mike would go to work. Like I would be begging him not to leave, um, which is so pathetic now that I think about it. And that's totally not me. Um, now I'm like, get out so I can have my space. Um, at the time I was not. I was like literally every single day I would hysterically cry. And sometimes I would last like 30 minutes in the house by myself. And I would have to call my mom and dad. And they would have to come and get me. And I l almost every single day like pretty much lived at my parents' house. I couldn't. I was tormented. Absolutely tormented in my thoughts. Um, I felt like I was going through depression and just all these things that I had never felt before. And all of it was rooted in this idea that I had received a promise for, from God. And I didn't feel like God fulfilled the promise the way that he should have. And over the course of um, that period of time, I didn't even plan on it, but um, this CD was, was born. 
And um, God had put a word inside of our heart that we were supposed to begin to write songs that our church was supposed to sing. And a lot of you remember that, starting with the song, I Am um, In Rivers. And which was like, I was remembering how that song happened the first night. It was absolutely one of the most horrible worship experiences of my entire life. My mom was making me sing the song. We had never even played it before as a team. Do you remember that? It was like wretched. It was after fasting and prayer. I don't know what broke open when that happened, but it was good, even though that was not good at all. And from that spot, um, when I look back and I think about these lyrics that were written, um, it was like God had taken hold of me and I began to speak out and sing out. And we as a congregation began to sing out these things that you guys didn't know it, but literally I was like prophesying my own okayness with God. Honest. Like, sometimes I would stand up at the front, and I would be bawling my eyes out. And you probably thought I was bawling in the presence of the Lord. I was not. I was not okay. And I would be singing these songs. Like, I'll never forget the moment where live in a service, um, I had been singing this chorus to myself. Um, you make it easy to trust. You make it easy to trust for days and days and days and days. And I couldn't get anything else to go with that, but I knew God was, like, all through this time, healing was coming to my heart. I was experiencing intimacy with God in this crazy, shaky time of my life. I was experiencing his goodness, and then I would get up here, and I want to express that goodness to you guys. And, and we would do these things in worship, and I would be singing to myself all week while I was washing the dishes, just trying to survive every single day. You make it easy to trust. And then I remember um, the Sunday after that happened, getting up on stage, and, and I was pressing into God. I will never forget that day um, more than I really felt like I had at any time in my life and as soon as I got on stage out of my mouth came so we relax and let go and literally when it came out of my mouth it, it felt like something broke off of me and it was like I understood in this moment that because of my ability to trust in him and his goodness all of these things that I had been gripping so tight to, this idea of the house that I was believing for and the life that I was believing for and all of these things that now seem so insignificant, I had such a death grip on them. And in this moment of intimacy with God, I realized that because of his goodness, it was like my heart softened in that moment and I felt my ability to just let go. And allow God to step in and to take over those things. And I feel like we are literally at this place of crossroad as a house where God is opening up these doors for us to begin to step out of the four walls of this church and begin to love people in our city and in Western New York and literally people all around the world where maybe there's been unforgiveness you've been holding in your heart towards God or against people or situations haven't turned out the way that you wanted them to. And so you've let dreams die. It's like God is literally asking for us as a body to let those things go so that softness can hit our heart again and this goodness of God that we know so well can literally just crash into us so that we can see once again the only desire of each of our hearts is to love God and to love people that's the reason why each of us are here is to love God and to love people and money and things and the dreams fulfilled all of those things are great and God has all of that but when that is the quest of your heart there is disappointment at every turn 
there's disappointment everywhere you look. People do you wrong or situations don't work out the way that you want them to. And all of these things, I, I, in that period of time, I was obsessive about this house that God had promised me. And I literally was living in the midst of a miracle at the time. And it was like I couldn't even see it. I was so, 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 my heart was so hard because things weren't the way that I wanted them to be, that I couldn't even see that I was living inside of this miraculous provision of God. And then in this moment of intimacy and closeness with him, it's like the goodness of God hit my heart and made me remember, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I living this life like Jesus said? I am choosing to lay my life down. People aren't taking anything from me. People can't do me wrong because I'm laying everything out for him. Because I've tasted of this amazing love that God has for me, a gift that's freely received must be given away. Amen. Lizzie, can you go? Okay. So what? Are you good? You need tissues? Oh. (laughs) Doesn't her hair look so beautiful? (laughs) People always comment on her hair, so I'm just clearing the air. In case anybody says they like you better blonde. (laughs) Hallelujah. And the sight of the goodness of God, perfectionism, and failure, the two ditches, are no longer an option. A dream that is motivated by accomplishments or success can easily be defeated. But when you carry the dream of the Father within your heart, it will be him who will fight for you. Him who fights to see that thing accomplished. Amen. And God's heart is always people. Everything that God did is to love people. Every single thing he did. Think about that for a second. You know, it's good for us to have these moments where we pull back. And we remember like First, like First Corinthians 13 says, if you can prophesy with all wisdom and all knowledge and you can do all these crazy things but you don't have love, what does the Bible say? You are a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. You're just noisy. But with the love of God inside of us, I heard John Bevere actually tell his testimony today. Are you guys okay? Are you good? I heard John Bevere tell his testimony today and talk about his early years where he was known all over the world um, as a sheep beater. You know, John, everybody knows that about John Bevere. John Bevere was a sheep beater and uh, he beat the sheep. And he was so, uh, I don't even know what that means really. He, he was too intense on the truth and no grace or whatever that people felt like he was beating them up all the time. There we go. And he said he went through this season where everywhere he went, he, he, he was a minister that was like kind of a nobody. He got asked to minister at this conference in Europe, and there were thousands of people and basically representatives from the whole entire world. So he's, he, And he got to speak at this conference, and he said from that moment forward, he was known everywhere he went, over 40 nations he went within the next two years. And everywhere he went before he got there, people would say, John Bevere is a sheep beater. Don't go see him. He's a sheep beater. And he said for years after that, he would go into his basement and he would cry and cry and cry and cry. And he would cry out to God and say, God, I know that you have given me this dream. You've given me this message. But now I'm asking for you to give me your love. And he began, he, he continued to preach and he continued to just go after this thing that he knew God had put inside of his heart. But now intertwined with this message was the love of God being poured out. And through that, all of a sudden, all everywhere he went, people's lives were being radically changed. 
people's lives were being radically changed. And he said one day he was ministering in Montreal, Canada. And he said the minister sat down with him and he said, there's something I need to know. He said, I haven't heard anything you said that's different than it was before, but something about you has changed. Tell me what it is. And he said, I feel like God has unlocked to you the secret of the love of the Father. And because of this understanding of God and of his love, this dream could be expressed from his heart. And now he wasn't just a resounding gong and a clinging cymbal who was coming with truth, but now people's lives were actually empowered to change. And I feel like inside of this house, we know when we go anywhere that we are carrying something that's so huge. We know that the, the revelation and the truth that God has entrusted to us as a house, the things we know about encountering the presence of God, the things we know about healing, that we know about miracles, the testimonies that we've seen, we know that it's big. But when it isn't mixed in each one of our lives with a love that we have for God and a love that we have for people, then all we do is going, go around as a noisy gong and a clinging cymbal. And that's not the heart of the Father. His heart is that when we step out of this church building, each and every one of us would be so overflowing with the love of God that as our dreams and as our destinies, yes, are being expressed, people's lives are being radically changed as they encounter the love of the Father. Amen. So I want to just pray for two groups of people. Praise the Lord. I hope you got something out of this tonight. Hallelujah. I want to pray for two groups of people. And so maybe um, I'm going to say both of them. And then after I say both of them, then you can stand. Um, and I just want to pray for you. Um, so the first group of people, um, I feel like God spoke to me about this idea that maybe along this journey so far, you felt like there is there was a dream. Maybe when you first came here, God awakened something on the inside of you. And now over the years, you feel like you've let that thing die or you've let that thing go. Maybe it was a call. Maybe it was a prophetic word someone spoke over you that you've let it die. I just feel like tonight there's just an awakening for those things. So first group of people is worth, if you've let the dream that's in your heart die, I feel like God um, has just a revival for you tonight. And the second group of people that I want to minister is if you feel like your heart has just grown hard towards God or towards people you just feel like you have gotten a hard heart maybe you know that you're holding on to bitterness or unforgiveness or someone has wounded you and you feel like there's just a thing of offense there or maybe you come to church and you, you you're coming to church and you're doing the dues but you just don't even want to talk to anybody and your heart is just closed off to people and is closed off to just that goodness where the father is concerned then I want to pray for you too okay Okay, everybody good? So let's close our eyes and on the count of three, I want you to stand up if you're in either of those two groups, okay? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Can you turn my sister up a tad? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
what you desire to do inside of every heart that's standing is to just once again just revive
you laid down or you let that dream grow dim within your heart. I prophesy new life tonight in the name of Jesus. I prophesy a revival tonight in the name of Jesus. We speak to that dream and we command you to be quickened tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, just like Ezekiel, that would blow over the dry bones. We just declare the wind of God just coming and blowing over every heart tonight, blowing over the dry bones in the name of Jesus, where new businesses were concerned and ideas were concerned, where a desire to lay down your life for ministry and, and people, you've just gotten cynical about that. In the name of Jesus, we just declare a refreshing tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just crash in right now, God. Come on, just take a big deep breath. Just say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. I receive. I receive newness of life in the name of Jesus. I receive that soft heart. I receive the purity of my first love once again, God. I love people. I love you, Father. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I let every wall come down. I let every wall come down. I let every bit of failure just wash off right now in the name of Jesus. Every bit of rejection and hurt just wash away right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, we receive. Just wait just one more moment. Lord, we receive. Lord, we receive. Let tonight be a commissioning, Father. A commissioning, God. As you open up the doors to send us out from this place to the four corners of the earth, God. Send us out, God. Not as mere men, but send us out overflowing with the love and the goodness of God. moment to say Lord I receive Lord I receive come on just drink in a little bit more just take in just a little bit more thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord God thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord when people said we couldn't do it people said that we were bound to fail people said we wouldn't make it it wasn't possible we laugh at those words tonight in the name of Jesus where we laid hands on people and they didn't get healed we laugh at that in the name of Jesus Aha. Uh -huh. Thank you, Lord. 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 When it's all about loving people, you can't fail. Can't fail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 